0: Are you a Christian woman yearning for a beautiful, joyful pregnancy and birth with a focus on God, not medical tests? Are you worried the birth you want isn't possible and you're tired of being treated like an accident waiting to happen? Hey mama, I'm Lori, host of Your Birth, God's Way. I'm a certified nurse midwife now, but I wasn't always. After working for nearly 20 years in the broken maternity system, I, too, was in your shoes wondering how I could have the birth I wanted and that I felt God meant for me to have. I found a secret that has actually been known since the beginning of time. God's way is the best way. Spoiler alert, God made us and our babies and He knows us best. He designed us perfectly for pregnancy, birth, and nourishing our babies after birth. If we work with His design and not against it. In this podcast, you'll learn how to be healthy and have joy during this time of life that will be over before you know it. So if you're ready to reclaim your birth and your babies for His glory, go turn on a few episodes of Bluey for that little one on your hip so you can put the focus back on you for a few minutes with me. Hey, Mama, I'm so glad you're back for part two of our interview with Sue Becker. If you haven't already listened to part one, be sure and go listen to that first just so this one makes good sense to you. If you're just picking up in the middle, you'll be missing out on some information that will make this one flow a little better. Again, this is a really long interview. We had a lot to talk about. So this is part two of three. There will be another part after this next Tuesday. So be sure that you are subscribed and have your notifications turned on so you don't miss it. I've had some great feedback from the first episode and I'm so excited that you all have enjoyed it and you're learning about it and you're considering implementing it into your life as a way to get real whole nutrition into your body to give you and your baby the best building blocks that you can. So go ahead and sit back and grab that paper maybe that you jotted some notes on last week or earlier this week I guess it was um, so that you can add on to that anything that you hear that's interesting to you and I hope you enjoy.
1: Wheat is the most, um, uh, is our best food source of vitamin E, the wheat germ. It's my, our most significant food source of vitamin E is wheat germ. And yet it's stripped out of our white flour and it's never put back in the enrichment process. And, you know, that's something that I've really spent a lot of time researching is vitamin E and decades of research have shown that vitamin E is critically important, both before conception and during pregnancy. And studies, studies all over the world from years ago showed that adequate vitamin E during pregnancy reduced the incidence of miscarriages in those quite prone to miscarriage even. And the richest, like I said, food source of vitamin E is wheat germ and wheat germ oil, both. Amply supplied in fresh ground wheat flour. So, along with, you know, of course, so many other um, nutrients that are so valuable all during your pregnancy. So, um, that, that was one thing. And, and I think you and I mentioned um, in my interview with you the vitamin E that our babies that were born after we started milling and making our bread, they didn't have the wobbly heads. They had noticeable muscle strength. And that I did my research and that it can all be attributed to vitamin E's protection of every cell in our body, including our muscle cells. It will make your muscles stronger and um, it will carry over to even our babies, as they're growing in the womb, if mom's getting enough vitamin E, then uh, so will the baby. And unfortunately, in most refined foods, they're completely deficient of vitamin E. And that's sad, whereas our real whole grains and beans, seeds, give us adequate vitamin E. Not just adequate, but an ample supply. So that, that was pretty amazing to me when, I, when we had our bread tested and, and discovered that.
0: That that is, I, I'm, I'm shocked by that, and it's just one more level of you know, the more the longer creation goes on, we make more discoveries that just prove and prove and prove again God's existence yeah. as the creator, and yeah. and so, the science of digging into these nutrients and what they play into and where they come from, and yeah. and, and when you go back to the Old Testament, even the story of Joseph, I mean. He was storing grain and that was their, their food source. And, and so here we have arrived, you know, we're just so smart now and we're just so intelligent and yet what have we done to what was perfect? We have ruined and stripped all the good and created so many problems that we didn't really have before. And with one simple correction that everybody listening to this podcast can make one simple correction, you can fix all of that. And you're smarter than all these smart people who get paid the big bucks.
1: <laughs> yes. Cause when they tell somebody, well, constipation is just normal these days and there's nothing you can do about it. I'm like, what? No, a <laughs> hundred dollars and a prescription to tell me that, you know, it's just, it, it grieves me. It, it really, really grieves me. And I just can't tell you how many young moms I've had come to me with tears in their eyes and say, you know your the bread saved our life. you know, my son couldn't go to the bathroom something that simple um but uh you know, so I mean, I could go on and on there at warts, warts are another big childhood issue, and well, and even adults have them, but it's so they're so common in in children and um my studies have shown that vitamin E can get rid of warts. And I I discovered that before bread, and I gave my children vitamin E supplements, because again, vitamin E protects the integrity of every cell in your body, and when the integrity of your cells are protected wrong, they're less susceptible to an invasion of a virus. This is important in more realms than just warts, if you want to catch what I'm saying there. Um, So warts are a virus. So if the integrity of our cells are strong and less susceptible to a viral infection, then less susceptible to not only just getting the virus that causes warts, but if we already have that virus and warts, um, then it can help us fight those off. And I knew from my studies about vitamin E, like I said before, bread, and I gave my children vitamin E supplements two of my children have warts and their warts after multiple visits to the doctor to get rid of them to no avail I'm talking months and lots of money I learned about vitamin E began to give them supplements and within just a couple of weeks they were gone after bread, one of my children got warts, and his warts were gone. Well, he had them before started bread, and with no vitamin E supplements, they went away within just a matter of weeks. And I'm telling you, this is probably one of our number one testimonies. I encourage anybody listening, I have a whole podcast called Wart Stories, mm-hmm. and I encourage <laughs> you to go listen to that. It is, it is so powerful, like I said, not just about warts, but the protection of... Of, of any virus. And I think that's why I saw a decline in the snotty noses, the ear infections, and just the overall um, health of our children. They just didn't seem to get all those sicknesses again. But I mean, we have have, we have wart stories of 500 warts that a child had for five years go away. <clears throat> excuse me. And she had them burned off. She was on multiple medications. The mom says she's currently on ulcer medication. They think it could be stress related. And in two and a half weeks, after five years of having over 500 warts on her, in two and a half weeks from changing to the freshly milled bread, uh, her warts were gone. Two and a half weeks, 500 wow. warts gone, never to return. And um, that's, that's pretty amazing. Um, another issue that, um, that can be attributed and I know um, is becoming more and more common now is toxemia or some people call it preeclampsia. Um, some people believe, some medical doctors and, and researchers believe it can be prevented. And listen to this. In my studies, I found the important nutrients mentioned particularly to prevent toxemia and pre- preeclampsia were the B vitamins as a whole or individually, and in particular choline, which is one of the B complexes that's so prevalent in whole grains, particularly wheat, and the amino acid methionine, all of these are supplied generously by most whole grains, freshly milled, of course. I thought that was fascinating because we're seeing that on the rise. You probably more so than me, but um, so many of my kids' friends, I'm I'm hearing that. And again, don't want to oversimplify. Don't want to say it's your fault that if you've had this issue, but Wow, what if it could be our bread could supply everything we need to prevent it? In fact, um, I have another podcast on my um, Sue's Healthy Minutes, and I call it War Stories. And I'm like, okay, you've heard my wart stories. Now this is War Stories. And um, I I learned that in Europe, during both world wars, the incidence of diabetes and heart disease and all these things but just today, I read the incidence of toxemia and preeclampsia in women was also markedly dec- decreased. The article I read, it said because sugar became unavailable, so sweets were no longer eaten, and with food supplies so limited, like their food supplies were cut off, most countries, isn't this interesting, were prohibited, uh, that most countries prohibited the commercial milling of grains. And the sifting away of the bran and germ because white flour had already reached these other countries. And so now everybody had to go back to either milling their own flour and making their own bread from freshly milled grains or the commercial mills could no longer take the bran and germ out. So now they were all eating this bread made from freshly milled flour. And because so many food supplies were limited, bread became their predominant food. So the consumption of bread greatly increased. Guess what they found? Toxemia decreased, diabetes decreased, heart disease decreased during limited times of food and war times. Isn't that amazing? That you would think where maybe people are going a little more hungry and without all the fancy foods that that you would see more prevalence of disease, but that was actually the opposite. Unfortunately, when the war ended and, uh, resources became more readily available, guess what they did? They went right back to the white flower and guess what? These diseases began to increase again. I, I just thought that was just so fascinating, um, that, that I had not seen that part of my war stories Um, before that toxemia preeclampsia actually decreased as bread consumption real bread consumption let me make that clarification increased isn't that fascinating
0: it it boggles the mind sue it boggles the mind, and it really um And and call me, call me the cynical one, but it really makes you start digging into what is the motivation of what's going on here? Because you did touch on a a market where they had pig feed. yeah. And I remember hearing in your, in your, the truth about wheat talk that you talked about how what was sifted out of the flour was then given to the animals. And then when they started talking about saying, Hey, we shouldn't do this. We should put it back in. They wouldn't, they were like, no, 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 Because they had created a new income stream yeah. and they didn't want to go back to the old way because then that would get rid of that money they had. And so it really makes you start wondering like, what is the motivation? I, I thought they were supposed to be in this for our good. Right. Maybe we need to start going back. Cause to me, this is simple. Like it's just two puzzle pieces and that's all you've got to choose from. You don't have a thousand pieces. You've got two pieces and you fit, they fit perfectly together. So why are we not just putting them together? It really is like, well, what's, what do they have to gain? You, you've got to pull away from this worldly quote wisdom, which is the opposite. And, and look at the simple truth of what God has given us. And and one thing I would like for you to touch on just a little bit, because I'm sure statistically speaking out of the people who are listening, someone in here has been told that they're gluten intolerant and they are sitting here listening to us. Well, these people are crazy wheat will kill me, you know, or it makes me hurt and all this. Could you touch on um, the gluten intolerance and then also uh, how that relates to celiac and the people who have maybe been told they were gluten intolerant, they can eat this kind of bread. Can you you kind of go into that a little bit? Yes. Yes, I will. And, uh, you know, I want to say one thing.
1: It, you know, we have so much information at our fingertips and in so many ways, I'm very thankful for it. But at the same time, we have very much false information at our fingertips. And when I read this information in that medical journal 31, 32 years ago, you know, I was a science major. I had the background. I had the knowledge. Why didn't I put the pieces together, you know, puzzle pieces together before? But what so struck me with that information is two things. It was scientifically sound, but it was biblically sound. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm seeing with the whole anti-grain, anti-gluten propaganda that's bringing people back around. They're questioning it. They're going, wait a minute. This is not biblically sound. Jesus compared himself to bread. So what's going on now? A lot of people are being told you know, that wheat is genetically modified and all the things that have done to the um, genetic modification of grain is not the same grain that Jesus ate and he compared himself to. That is not technically correct. There is no genetically modified wheat sold in the United States of America, even worldwide that I know of. Um, Wheat has been uh, crossbred in crossbreeding or hybridization is very different from genetic modification. It is bred with, you know, crossbred with other wheat varieties. And, and that's, there's nothing wrong with that. And, um, I can't remember, uh, the doctor's name that studied a hundred years of wheat seeds. Cause we, you know, we have wheat seed banks and he studied over a hundred years of wheat seeds and found that there was no more, gluten-forming proteins in wheat of today than there was a 100 years ago. So that's somewhat of a misnomer. But let's talk about what gluten is first. First of all, gluten is not contained in grains. Gluten is a culinary term more than anything for the stretchy substance that forms when wheat flour is hydrated, okay? Wheat has a unique specific genetic makeup of amino acids that um, make that form this stretchy substance called pro uh, gluten when these proteins are hydrated. No other family of grains has those particular amino acids. And guess what? They've been there since the beginning of time. They're genetically there. Why is this important? Because when the yeast feeds on the carbohydrates that are found in weed and in your bread dough, and whether that yeast is commercial yeast like we use today, or yeast that's found in a sourdough starter, it really doesn't make any difference. They feed on the carbohydrates and they produce carbon dioxide gas. You need these stretchy strands of protein called gluten to trap that carbon dioxide and blow up like a balloon which enables the bread to rise. So that is why since the beginning of time, wheat has been the family of grains that's used for making leavened yeast breads. It's always been there. Okay. So it's not, there's not some franken wheat there's, this is not some evil thing that's been modified to be in there. It's always been there. God put it there. Okay. And that's why the wheat family is the only family of grains that we make bread from you don't make yeast bread out of corn you don't make yeast bread out of rice or millet of course unless you manipulate it and put all these starches in there so that it can mimic yeast bread so does that make sense first of all we need to understand what gluten actually is it is not an evil demon all right but let's go back to the processing of white flour all the vitamins all the minerals all the enzymes all the vitamin e all the wheat germ oil all the fatty acids are in the brand and germ White flour is nothing more than protein and starch. Okay. All those amino acids that form gluten are in the white flour. So now a hundred years we've been eating pure, if you want to say this, I don't like to say it this way, pure gluten and starch. God never intended us to eat the white flour without the bran and the germ and all those vitamins and minerals. So therein lies the problem, more so than the gluten itself. And I I hate to even use that terminology, but that's what people understand. So celiac disease, let's talk about that. It affects less than 1% of Americans. Less than 1%, I think it's 0.8%, have true celiac disease celiac disease, contrary to what you may have read, is genetic. You are born with it. You lack the enzymes to break down a particular amino acid that forms gluten, known as gliadin. Okay, gliadin. gliadin. That is one of the amino acids. It's gliadin and glutamine that When flour is hydrated, it forms this stretchy substance called gluten. So you're born without the capacity to digest gliadin. It's a gluten-forming protein, okay? Now, if you're not diagnosed and don't know that you have it, it's very debilitating. It will lay down the villi in your gut. Um, It usually causes anemia. You're very sickly. You have abdominal pain. You have all these issues But typically nowadays that more and more people know about it, you're typically diagnosed by the time you're 7 to 10 years old, maybe even younger now because of the more awareness of it. But it's not a very common disease. It's actually quite rare, true genetic celiac disease. I know a few, but it's quite rare. What is happening in America today? We've been living on pure protein and starch, (laughs) And so um, we have compromised digestion. I go over this in one of my podcasts on digestion. You know, this is something people don't realize. Gluten is nothing more than proteins found in wheat, so amino acids. That's all it is. It's not a harmful substance. But again, I want to reiterate we were never intended to eat it without the bran and the germ and all the vitamins and minerals. When we go through the process of digestion, proteins are digested in the stomach. they need a very acidic environment to work. But do you know what we do in America? One of the most common drugs we take is what acids an acids. So we are compromising our digestion of proteins right there. Mm -mm. And yet we're blaming the most nutrient dense food God has given us on something we may be creating ourselves. First of all, eating bread that's only made of protein and starch, and even even the whole grain bread. One, you know, people say, "Oh, but I can't even eat the 100 percent whole grain bread in the store." Well, you need to check out the label on that because, first of all, it's made on those same steel rolling mills that make the white flour, and they just add back some of the bran and germ to be called whole grain. But if you read the label, the third or fourth ingredient is gluten. You can isolate those amino acids out of wheat and then dehydrate it and powder it and it's known as vital wheat gluten. They add a massive amount of that to your 100% whole grain flour because in the food industry it's not considered flour. So, you're eating much more protein and starch than God ever intended from you. You're not you you've upset the fiber to flour ratio. Does that make sense? So now we are having these digestive issues, breaking down these proteins. And if you don't break down proteins properly, guess what they're going to do? When they get to your colon, they're going to lay down that villi. So now we have people 20, 30, 40 years old saying, oh, I have celiac disease. Well, unfortunately, the medical community diagnosis is so much based on symptoms. So you have all the symptoms of celiac disease, but you're not a true genetic celiac that should bring you hope so all these gluten intolerances and wheat intolerances and grain intolerances i don't deny that there's probably some sensitivities i have a feeling it it comes from eating the quite denatured and commercially milled flour products all your most of your life you know and now all of a sudden you go oh i can't eat wheat i can't eat this um the sad thing is so many health officials, they're not differentiating between wheat and the bread and flour products you're finding in the store. They're calling that wheat. That, that is not wheat. <laughs> it's made from wheat, maybe, <laughs> but it's not wheat. And that saddens me. The good news is, though, and I finally found an article, a scientific study on this whole celiac phenomenal, phenomenon. And I loved it. They titled it Non-Genetic Celiac Disease. And you know what their cure for it was? Probiotics and real whole grains. That. How about that? That's encouraging to me, isn't it, to you? And I wish I could tell you how many people that are not true genetic celiacs, and I want to clarify, genetic celiac disease does indeed exist And you will never be able to eat wheat, whether it's freshly milled or not. Good news. Most of you that think you're gluten intolerant or gluten sensitive or have been told you're celiac or you've developed celiac disease, chances are you're not a true genetic celiac. And chances are you can eat bread made from freshly milled flour with no issues at all. Not only no issues, but you may Reverse the debilitating health issues that you've been struggling with that have been blamed on gluten. That's exciting to me. And how do I know this? Well, from my studies and reading, but also testimonies. Um, when we had our bakery, our son ran the bakery and baked the bread, and he started doing farmers markets. Well, the gluten free thing, you know, and celiac and all of that, and the whole GMO wheat, all was just pounding away, you know, on the internet, and everybody was all of a sudden going gluten-free. Well, this mom came to his booth at the farmer's market, and she was, you know, he was talking to her about how he mills the wheat fresh and everything. Well, she said, gosh, you know, my daughter, though, just can't eat it. She gets severe abdominal pain and throws up. If she eats, you know, mind her words, she said wheat, but what she was talking about was bread from the store that contains wheat. And she goes, and we've tried some of the gluten-free breads. And my son made a gluten-free bread. And she goes, yours is the best, but she still doesn't like it. It's not soft. She just wants a sample. And um, so my son talked to her about it and everything. And she said she's not genetic celiac, but she has severe pain whenever she eats anything with, she kept saying, gluten in it so she looked at my son that day and she said you know what i'm just going to try it if it hurts her stomach and she throws up then we just won't we won't we'll know the next week at the farmer's market that little girl 13 years old at the time came running up to my son's table mr dave mr dave i love your bread i ate a sandwich every single day and i've had no stomach ache and i did not throw up not one time That brought so much hope and joy back to that little girl. And so that's what I want to leave people with is please, please, please pray about it. Seek God's wisdom. And if you don't have a true genetic celiac diagnosis, I want to give you some hope that you most probably can handle freshly milled whole grain flour, even wheat.
0: Did that just blow your mind, mama? It certainly blew mine the first time I heard it several years ago. It makes me so sad to know how many people are suffering and think that the source of their pain is wheat when that's really not it at all. Now, commercial, commercially available bread yeah maybe that might be the source that's that's caused a lot of problems but there's a way out and it's such a hopeful thing to know and so I hope that you have enjoyed this and learned so much and I hope that it's opening a door to a new world of nutrition both while you're pregnant and long after as I've told you I started this process when I was pregnant with number three So if I can do it when I am pregnant and have two small kids to deal with, I know you can too. And I just want you to find hope in that and know that it is very doable. There are techniques available to make it easier which i'm happy to help you with as well as sue down at brad she's got tons and tons of videos on youtube that you can go view and you can always listen to her podcast sue's healthy minutes for little bite-sized bits of information to help you get started we still have one more part of this interview it will post on tuesday so i know you're excited to hear that to hear the conclusion And so just be sure that you're subscribed and you have your notifications on so you don't miss it. And I'll see you then. Real quick, if today's episode blessed you in any way, would you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a quick five-star written review? It'll take you less than a minute, but it's the best thank you you can give me. And it will help my show to reach more mamas just like you, so we can all find God's best for our families. I'll see you right back here in a few days.